Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. I love you. I hope y'all don't have to look at that picture the whole time I preach. Wow. That was a long time ago. Honey. Oh, wow. We would not be here without you. I want to say a special, first of all, thank you to my Father God, who is forever faithful, who begins a work and finishes a work in each one of us. Amen? I'm very thankful for our staff, our pastors. Thank you so much for your faithfulness with us. I I can't even imagine walking on the journey of life without the family of God. I can't even imagine it, how desperately we, we need each other how desperately with a world that looks like literally it could be falling apart, we need the family of God to stick together. We need those who are like-minded in the faith. We may not all agree on everything, but we do agree that Jesus is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords and that his word endures forever and his church will endure forever. So I wanna thank you, I look forward to spending eternity with you one day. In the meantime, I love the house of God. I love the family of God. And I was just thinking everything that was sung and said this morning just screams out that this is a generational work. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that it will never end with the two of us. It's gonna go on and on and throughout eternity. And what I love is knowing that one day we're gonna spend eternity together as the family of God and every tear will be wiped away and we are gonna be dancing and shouting throughout eternity together. I love you all so very much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for celebrating this anniversary with us. She'll want to run off so I have to hold her. I just want to agree with that, but I want to start uh, by saying thank you to Father God for uh, this incredible gift of 42 years that uh, I wouldn't be here without her. You wouldn't be here without her. And uh, baby, I love you. (laughs) 34 years ago, uh, on August 16th, we drove into this city overwhelmed not knowing what to expect. This morning I heard one of the moms and dads saying to their kids, they were asking about what was going on and and, uh, the mom said, uh, it's Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne's anniversary of starting this church and the kids were just looking up like, so what what does that mean? What does that have to do with us, you know? And she said, if it weren't for them, I would have never met your husband, my, your dad, my husband, and you guys would not be here. And all of a sudden, you know, the bigness of, of that. And then as I thought about that when I walked out here, 
and witness my three sons and their wives and our 10 grandchildren. Um, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because when God speaks, he sees the end from the beginning. Yes. What he's wanting from us is obedience because he already knows what he's going to do on the other end. And I'm thankful today that I've never had to pull this woman with me. Uh, she has stood faithfully beside me um, and supported me in all the good years, the difficult years. We've had both in sickness and in health. We've had both. And I am thankful that as we look as we end 34 years today, we also begin our 35th year of ministry and 35 years of this church making an impact in our community. For that, let's give the Lord a big ovation of praise. Psalm 145, verse four through seven says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty works. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue and I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. I believe we have a responsibility as we wrap up 34 years to pause, to stop, to ponder, to look, to give thanks, to sing those incredible songs we sang about the faithfulness of God and to tell it <coughs> to the next generation. We have to tell our children and our children's children of all the amazing things that God has done. Last week, those of you that were here, those of you that watched online know we had our friend, Pastor Francis and Susie. And Pastor Francis, uh, as a dear friend, uh, somebody that I probably have more open, face-to-face, in-your-face, hard questions and conversations with him that, that I have with anybody else uh, that I know. We, we have a relationship that has been very healthy uh, for me, even though at times Suzanne and Susie together do not like being with us. They think we're arguing and fighting, and we're not. We, we, we really have a deep love and respect. But Francis and I, Francis spent my last week of my sabbatical with me, and uh, we had so many deep conversations, and we were talking about uh, his, uh, I think, seven or eight grandchildren, our, my 10 grandchildren, our wives, all the things that we've seen God do over the years. And he started asking me some questions um, and, the, the, and I realized in the question, uh, the answer was not what, it li what I'd like it to be because he was challenging me on how much even my own grandchildren know about the history of what God has done in my life, in your life. Your children grow up with you, but do they know you? Do they know what you walked through? Do they know how incredibly important it is when you raise your hands and say, thank God for his faithfulness he brought me through, that they know what he brought you through? 
that it's not all about you were always wonderful and great and rosy and marriage was awesome and great and you had the best vacations and life was sweet because you went through hell to get where you are. How many of y'all been through some hell a few times? You walked through the valley of the shadow of death, but you did not stop. You did not quit. And how important it is that we tell our children and our grandchildren the faithfulness of God, how he brought us through stuff that there were times when it looked like we were, we're not going to make it. And God showed up. Come on, somebody. Right on time. He shows up right on time. So today we're celebrating 34 and we're remembering. And really this morning, that's all I'm going to do for a few minutes is share a few, remind us of God's word, how it's never changed. God's word has been faithful and steadfast. I've never felt like I had some huge flowery uh, vision that, that uh, needed, you know, to, to be anything more than what it was, and that was direction for our family, our church family, our body. And this morning as I was meditating on all the amazing things God's done and how important it is to stop and celebrate and have festivals. I've been off of uh, some particular foods, sugar being one of them for a couple of months, but today after lunch, it's time to celebrate at least for a little bit. Okay, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hang out there. I'm just gonna pass through it with a spoon. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm going to eat something sweet because I want to. Because every once in a while, it's all right to celebrate. And I say all that because, listen, we're, in, we're living in troubling times in our world. If you turned on the television before you got here this morning, you were just, it's all over the world. We can't handle all of that knowledge every day all the time. Matter of fact, for me to get to this place where I could worship and celebrate today, I literally had to say with all that pain, God, I give it to you. You're the only one that can handle it anyhow. People are going through tragedies. While I was away on sabbatical, and, and most of you don't know where I was, and that was fine, but I was on an island of Puerto Rico. I'd been blessed with a place to stay. And uh, while I was there, two storms came back to back, two days. And uh, my kids were calling me, hey, Dad, shouldn't you get on a plane and come home? And I'm looking at the storm coming towards, uh, I didn't realize how little that island is. <laughs> little tiny thing. <laughs> and, uh, but anyhow, I went out one day and it was getting dark. The waves were coming in and I was there by myself and Suzanne had already come home. And, and, uh, but I had perfect peace. But I did go out by the pool. Nobody else was out there. Everybody, all the shutters of all the condos were down except the one I was in. And, uh, but I just went out to the pool. Nobody's out there. Nobody's looking around, so I don't care anyhow. But I just like, like, Lord, I don't have time to get on a plane now, and I don't want to go home in the middle of the sabbatical. So I'm just speaking to that storm to go south. And if you'll go on the Weather Channel, you'll watch... Fred coming directly at the east coast of Puerto Rico when it abruptly turned and went this way. Went around the whole island of Puerto Rico. I'm not saying I did that. I'd like to think I had that kind of power. 
But if I did, I'd be over in New Orleans right now doing this. Storms come. Today, Louisiana is about to get hit with a massive 150 mile an hour plus storm. All you can pray is all those people had wisdom and got off that coast. But I prayed for them this morning. I prayed for the nation of Haiti while Pastor Francis was with me. One of our dear friends, one of his associate pastors um, was on the island of Haiti when the earthquake took place. He was right there, ran out of the building he was in. He told us on FaceTime a few days later when we finally got a hold of him, he said, never been so scared in all my life. Ran out the door and he told us brokenhearted stories of watching parents trying to pull their dead children out from under rubble. We can't handle that very long. And then the storm came and the floods just came through Haiti. Afghanistan. The other day, I got a text from a pastor friend. He said, I'm going to send you something, whether you watch it or not, is your business. If you watch it, I'm sending it to you just to pray, obviously. Don't post it. Don't share it with anyone. From a pastor in Pakistan. Pakistan's under horrible persecution. Afghanistan Christians are under horrible persecution. Our nation the leadership of our nation needs to get a grip. And there's nothing you and I in this room can do about it except pray. And you better be praying. Instead of criticizing the man in the White House, you better be praying for it. Because he needs to wake up and have a revelation and protect our people and our interest. But I watched this video And in a lot of ways, I regret that I did because I'll never be able to unsee it. But I watched 10 Christian men martyred for their faith, shot in the head, just like that. And I began to weep. And the only thing that brought me peace was they are with Jesus right now. They weren't screaming, they weren't hollering, they weren't crying. Their heads were bowed in worship. That's the real world that we're living in. And starting next week, by the grace of God, I'm gonna be in this pulpit for at least three out of every four weeks through the end of the year, and next week I'm gonna start addressing some things that are going on in our nation and our responsibility as Christians. We have a responsibility, and it's not to be critical or judgmental. But we need to know what's going on, and we need to know how to pray, and we need to get involved. That's for next week. Today, I have to set all that aside and say, man, God, you have been faithful. And you know what? God was faithful to those that were just martyred for their faith. We read about it all the time in the Old Testament, and it doesn't affect us. Why? Because it happened thousands of years ago. But I'm watching a video that happened three days ago. And it gripped me like nothing I've ever experienced because it wasn't television. But I also watched the grace of God in men with their heads bowed about to enter into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there was a grace on their life. 
Pastor Francis said last week, I think here from the pulpit, he said, I I don't mind one day if God wants me to be a martyr for him. That's a huge statement when we think about our children and our grandchildren. But we don't know what's in store. This we know. God will be faithful no matter what we go through. Can you say amen to that? Could you give the Lord a praise for his faithfulness this morning? Come on, he is a faithful and awesome God. Can I get a little more monitor, please? Deuteronomy chapter four, verse nine says, only be careful, watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things that your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. I'm talking about the good things of God. We have to pass on to the next generation the faithful God that we serve, that we love, that we honor, that we bow our knee to, that you think about it. Without the salvation of God in your life, where would you be today? Who would you be married to today? Who would your children be today if it weren't? for the goodness of God. What one mother said to her children here this morning really represents hundreds of you and hundreds and hundreds of children that are here because of the faithfulness of God, because there was a time when obedience was better than sacrifice. Obedience in your life, obedience in mine and Suzanne's life, obedience in Those who the Lord began to stir and put things in your heart. Some of you came to Gainesville kicking and screaming, couldn't wait to leave, thought, I'm out of here. And then God joins you to a people and says, you're not out of here, you're in here. And you're going to do life together. One of the things that all week I've just been thanking God for, especially every person that's texted me or I've talked to, I've thought, I love doing life with you. You know, it's not like we get to be together every day. I don't even get to see my kids every day. I don't get to see my grandchildren every day, but they're mine. And when I see them, it's like I just saw them five minutes ago or yesterday. I was gone for a month. My grandkids, some of them were FaceTiming me. Baba, when you coming home? Of course, little Scarlett, all she wanted to know was, Baba, it's going to be my birthday. You're not going to miss my birthday, are you, Baba? There are some things really important in life, right? (laughs) But think about those that are sitting in this room today. I'm thankful that in the midst of COVID and all the, can I just, no, I can't say it, too many kids in here. All the garbage we've been through for the last two years. I'm thankful for those of you that did not allow, those that are watching online, those of you that are sitting in here, did not allow that time of separation to separate you from the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. I mean, we've had some people leave our church and and their, their thing is, well, you know, when I came back, I just didn't feel connected. Well, why don't you get connected? I don't get it because I was gone from my wife for a few weeks and I came home. Come on, somebody. I wasn't wanting to stay disconnected. I was wanting to pursue. And people allow all kind of religious, spiritual stuff to separate them from whom God has knitted and joined together. To do what? To do life together. 
it's not about me feeling good and having that feel good feeling because you're new in my life. There's a whole bunch of you new in here I haven't got, had the privilege to meet yet. Can't wait to meet you. Some of you today, you're sitting here and this is just, well, this is sweet. This is nice. They're celebrating. And in every reality, it's true. But you know what? You wouldn't be here today if it weren't for those who were faithful before you got here. That made a way, that served the purpose of God, that gave, that paid their tithe, that gave their offerings, that built buildings and provided a seat. So that why? So that we can go on to the next generation. We want to celebrate today in the last 34 years, but we don't want to camp out here. Amen? Amen. Camping out too long, you find yourself like David on the balcony looking over at something you ought not, come on somebody, be looking at. Because there's a time to celebrate, but then there's a time to skip back to the battle. What, what, what do we got to do? Where, where we got to go? What prayer meeting do I have to get to? What place do I need to be today? Where does God have for me today? Who do I need to be touching today? See, it's not all about me. Get, get, get. I got to go to church to get me something. Well, get it so that you can give it. Amen. Get everything you need so you can give it. We're not called here to feel good about ourselves. We're called to do the will of the Father and to teach our children and our children's children so they're not left behind. Francis and I sat on a balcony overlooking the ocean in Puerto Rico and we talked about this one thing, both of us. I wanna end well. I wanna finish strong. You read through the Bible, some of the characters, man, you get scared, God is it. Did anybody finish strong? You look in our generation, Many of my heroes as a, as a teenage boy, my mighty men of God, they failed. They woke up in bed with somebody that wasn't their wife. They became immoral. Mighty men of God that, that had the ability to attract thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And they failed. I love that I have friends that are in my face reminding me Got to finish strong. Look at the person beside you and say, please finish strong. You got to finish strong. You, you got you to press into that which God has for you because only obedience to the will of God will produce that ability to finish that which you've begun. Amen? Because there is a grass. Oh, friends, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to live in fear. But I thank God for that desire that says, I am going to finish this thing strong, doing what God has called me to do, going where God has called me to go, accomplishing what God, there's nothing on this earth that I can get and say, whoo, I got it all. I am satisfied. Can I tell you, in the midst of fighting cancer, I am not satisfied not only with where my physical body has been, I'm not satisfied with everything. There are things I yet want to do for the kingdom of God. There are places yet I want to preach the gospel. There are yet those that the Lord has for me as I walk through the aisles of Publix or buy my gas at the gas station or play on a golf course or ride on an airplane. This morning, what a joy to have all of you here. All of you are so important in my life. There's some out-of-town ministers here. I, I love all of y'all. I'm only going to identify one because in February when Suzanne and I were coming home 
in between me getting ready for my transplant. We got on an airplane. I sat on the aisle because I go to the bathroom a lot. Suzanne sat on the window because we were hoping nobody would sit in the middle. We put all kind of stuff in the seat like it was taken. And some beautiful black lady come along and she said, I need that chair. And so we moved all our stuff and she plopped down there. And within minutes, I met a sister I didn't know I had. Sister, because we got the same daddy. And I mean, we talked the whole two hours and 25 minutes. We were non-shut up people. We were talking all over each other, encouraging each other. I was so encouraged by her testimony, by her faithfulness, by her love. And she became a part of my prayer team on my texts. And she, and she started writing me a couple of months ago and said, I'm gonna come to your anniversary service. I laugh at you, yeah, okay. I mean, she lives in Birmingham, Alabama. Why in the world, you don't even know me. Just keep praying for me. Anyhow, yesterday she flew in here. Rolanda, stand up, I'm gonna embarrass you right here. This is this incredible, beautiful woman of God. That's what I call a divine appointment. Amen? A sister that encouraged us. The Lord brought her right in the right time. And her story that she had just walked through, she's walking through something, Suzanne, I've never had to walk through, and by the grace of God, would never walk through. She, went, she was walking through hell, but she wasn't hanging out there. And her testimony of God's faithfulness, right in the midst of going through hell, she said, I'm going on vacation. <laughs> and she got on a plane and flew to another country and worshiped God. And then met this pastor and his wife who needed her encouragement. And so she flew in here just to be a part of this today. We got to tell it to the next generation, how good our God is, how faithful our God is. Sometimes when you start talking to your kids, you got to say, kids, there's only one word to explain all that God has done for me in my life. And it's wow. You can learn it from the earliest age. Wow. You can say it backwards. Wow. It's just a wow word that shows the faithfulness and the awesomeness of God. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, no revelation of God in his word, the Amplified Bible says, <clears throat> the people are unrestrained. Can someone get me a bottle of water, please? But happy, listen to this, and blessed is he who is obedient or keeps the law. Didn't Pastor Hector do an incredible job on that monologue? Come on, Pastor Hector. I couldn't memorize 10 words. I can honestly say before you and God Almighty, I've never done a monologue in my life. Because if it can't just come out of my belly, it ain't happening. Pastor Hector, you did a great job, man. Love you, buddy. I could have done that one, two, three, 32, 33. I, I had that down. I was right there with you, man. I was, I was hoping you didn't skip a year. Real quickly, the vision the Lord gave us in 1987 is a vision that we still live by here. Has not changed. It's grown. Things have been added to it. But the simplicity of the three words that God gave us, 
set and established the stone in which the rock of Gainesville has been built. Number one, the Lord said, pray and prophesy over the north, the south, the east, and the west. And for 34 years, many of us every day stretch our hands and pray and prophesy because God's word has not changed. If you're black and in this room this morning, I prophesied you in here. I'm not lying. Because back when we started this church, white people went to white churches. Come on. Black people went to black churches. Brown people, look at me to dress today. I am black, brown, and white. And everything in between is not only welcome, but needed in this house. But I used to stretch my hand. The Lord said, what do you want? I said, I want black people. He said, well, then pray over it. Prophesy over it. And so I just would pray and prophesy. And I'll never forget the first time the door opened. And outside of the Wilbekin family who came from Panama City, long story and all of that, but hey, Pastor Savannah and Katie, senior pastors of Lifesong Church in Tampa are here. Matter of fact, as you know, Pastor Savin last year was preaching this service because I was not well enough. Pastor Savin, thank you. It was a powerful, encouraging word to our house, and I'm appreciative of that. But, but uh, I was preaching in the little library. Y'all, y'all don't know about the little library. But we started the Rocket Gainesville at Oak Hall Private School, not in their student center, not in their theater, in their library, where every Saturday we had to go in, move tables, clean chairs, little tiny thing, about a fifth the size of this stage. I am not exaggerating, okay, from here to the wall, about that wide, but then there were rows of books. So we had our seats in the middle of the books. And we went in there every Saturday and we set up our chairs and our little microphone booth and our little keyboard that Suzanne played, about this big. And she had these always, these beautiful red painted fingernails. And she would play the piano and it would sound like click, click, and then you'd hear music, click, music, (laughs) click, music. (laughs) She had never played in public before in her life. And uh, you're looking at him worship leader. It was horrible with a capital H. My knees would shake. We would fight all week because we had practice. She'd hit those little keys and she'd say, you're off timing. I didn't know what that meant. You're off key. You're too slow. You're too fast. You forgot the words. Where's the Pepto-Bismol? Can I tell y'all yesterday, I was so relaxed. I didn't even know what to do with myself. I watched golf and slept all afternoon. But 34 years ago, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. 
We were at the library. We were practicing, running to the bathroom, practicing, running to the, lot, to the bathroom. I mean, stomach upset. We had two songs, two songs only. <laughs> do not pass go, do not collect $200. There's two songs. And we had worked for weeks on those songs. And when we started that morning, 37 people came, 25 as a result of a little ad in the newspaper. On Labor Day weekend, who starts a church on Labor Day weekend? In Florida, vacation capital of the world. We did. And some of y'all were here on that day. Four of the eight pastors that were on my staff until Savin went out were here on that first Sunday morning. They weren't pastors. Savin wasn't even saved. He thought he was. Dating a Catholic girl, she definitely wasn't saved. <laughs> Playing basketball, saying, I became the chaplain of Santa Fe Basketball College to try to get Savin saved. <laughs> Been in church his whole life. He was here, his brother Anwell was helping run sound with Tad. Tad wasn't a pastor, he, he was actually the janitor at the Rock of Panama City. And just, just had married Missy. Almost missed God because he's supposed to be here the day I started, but then he had to go marry Missy. I actually performed the wedding, so it was my fault. But she had to finish college before Mama would let her go, and then they got here about four months later. But we started with a word. Pray over the north, south, east, and west. And he said, I'll build my house. Just one really abbreviated story of one of the foolishnesses, foolishnesses, foolishness of getting outside of what God said to do. It was going a little slow, so I thought I would help God out. So one day we came home to our little house in Hamilton Heights and there was a Domino's pizza door hanger on our door. And I thought, what a great idea. I'll build my church in a month. I had thousands of people come. And I designed, that was probably the first mistake. I designed this door hanger and went to the printer and got it printed. Not a hundred of them, 5,000 of them. It's me, 30 years old, Nathan six, Andrew four, Luke two and a half. And I told Suzanne, I'm going to pray and prophesy and I'm going to hang doorknob hangers. People in Gainesville don't like doorknob hangers. Man, I got those boys out there, started dragging them around town after, I mean, community after community, neighborhood after neighborhood. Got chased by dogs, threatened the cops to come, screamed at, cussed at. And, and after about a week and 150, 200 of those doorknob hangers, which no one ever came. They might buy pizzas, but they didn't come to church. I'm out there one day just talking and griping to God. And, and, and he said, what, what, did I, what did I ask you to do? He said, I asked you to pray and prophesy and I would build my house. Because what I'm gonna do is gonna be so supernatural, you're never gonna get credit for it. You're not gonna be able to touch it. And so we put those doorknob hangers in a box in the closet for about six years. 
And one cold winter when I'd run out of fire starter, I started, I started burning those things. Man, I burned the whole box. I got me a fire going though. We had a warm fire for about three hours on doorknob hangers. Welcome, new church, the Rock of Gainesville, Oak Hall Library, 10 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. They missed it. The second thing Holy Spirit said was, preach the word without compromise. Just preach the word without compromise. I believe next week when I stand in this pulpit, that word will have not changed. And if we're not careful, some of us will get offended by the word that's preached because it goes against too much of our carnal thinking. So just as uh, if you got the guts to come out next Sunday, I'm gonna say what I believe Holy Spirit's saying to us and our responsibility. We have a responsibility in 2021. And it's not to be the church that hides out. I saw a post the other day, I'm, I'm never ever on Facebook or Instagram, but somebody sent me something and said, you need to see this. So I went on, I was trying to find it. And I found this post that this young lady had written. I hope I can get this right. And she said, many in Afghanistan lost their lives because they chose faithfulness over safety. And then she said, and many in America this weekend will be at home because they choose safety over faithfulness. There's a time to be home, I've been there. But then there's a time to go, you know what? It's time to get up and get on about living the purposes and the plans that God has. Come on, I think we ought to give a praise because God has called us for such a time as this. And I'm not telling you to be stupid or, or unwise, but I'm saying we cannot let COVID or anything else stop the Word of God because the Word of God does not change because of COVID, because of what's going on in Afghanistan or because of the storm in, in, in about to hit Louisiana. The Word of God is the Word of God. And what does God want to do with the rest of my life? What does God want to do with the rest of your life? And how can you do it if you're tucked away in your bedroom, in your pajamas on Sunday morning? Because you've grown comfortable. At some point, you have to live by faith. And with the worst thing happening in your life is you go to be with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Don't take that wrong. But when the worst thing that can happen to me is the best thing that will ever happen to me, that, door, that death is nothing but a door that I'm gonna walk through and enter in, I don't wanna go prematurely and I don't wanna go out of foolishness or stupidity. But I also don't want to not do what God's called me to do because of fear. And the third thing Holy Spirit spoke to me and to our little church family 34 years ago, he said, obey the voice that you hear. Obey my voice. Obey my voice. I can promise you as a child, there were times when you were disobedient because you wanted your way instead of God's. As an adult, there are times in my life when my flesh rises up and I have to fight a fight of faith 
to end up doing what God called me to do and overcome my flesh. Your flesh is indeed wicked, evil, will produce ungodliness, but obedience will produce life. And in the end, obedience never produces regret and disobedience always produces regret. I wanna do the will of God and I pray that you do as well. God loves the lost of this world and it has not changed. God has called us and he's commissioned us to be about the business of going into all the world to do what? Preach what? Good news. Good news. Not bad news. There's a, everybody's preaching bad news. Go preaching good news. Let your life be an impact with good news. Where, Pastor? I, I, you know, I can't get in here. I can't go there. I'm tired of hearing us as believers say where we cannot go and what we cannot do and what we cannot say because our government has said, well, you can't pray anymore out loud. You can't do this. Do it because God said do it and he'll open doors for us. He'll open doors for us. This week, some of our men were in Newberry High School speaking to the football team. I was told you couldn't do that. But there's a principle out in Newberry that honors God. And he even allows those to come in and speak and encourage his teachers. Because we are the light of the world and what we have to share should change lives. God loves the lost. And we're the answer. Matter of fact, I challenge you right here. Just tap yourself in the chest and say, I'm the answer. Oh, I know some, I'm not looking out there because I know some of y'all won't do it because you'd say, that's a lie. Nope, it's the truth. Get on an airplane, sit down, and just let those antennas go. Pew! Get ready. God's got, God's got somebody. How long is your flight? That's how long he's given you to touch someone's life. Amen. The grocery store, pull in. Some person standing there about to empty out their cart. I know you're in a hurry. You got somewhere to be yesterday. But pause. Can I take that card in for you? That pastor ain't nothing. It ain't no big deal. Do it about 100 times. Somebody's going to spark something. Go to the gas station, see somebody counting their coins. Walk over and say, can I just take care of this for you and slip your credit card in there? It's not about you. Why would you do that? Because I can, because I serve a God that loves you. And he just told me to do it. So can I, can I buy your gas? I bet they don't say no even if they're atheist. <laughs> Who's turning down a free tank of gas? This week, we lost two nurses. Were they at North Florida, Just Two nurses died of COVID this week. Works with my daughter-in-law and other nurses that doctors here in the church. 
We got to be light. We got to be the truth. We got to be the gospel. We got to reach out. We got to do everything we got to do. Stay safe, absolutely. But know that God wants to touch someone's life through you. Why? Because he loves the world so very much. It's the will of the Father for you and I to be about his business. We are the light. So therefore, walk out of this building today and be light. Whatever you're doing, show the love of God. We can pray and hear the plans that God has for us and do them, or we can go about living our own lives with much regret that we didn't. We can work so hard to be successful when being successful before God just requires obedience. D.L. Moody said, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. I don't want to succeed at something that doesn't matter. The God we serve loves this world. So this is still the church I believe we're called to be, church that does our part to get lost people saved. It's gotta be our number one calling as a church family. Pray, believe, seek, touch, love, bake a pie, give cookies, pay for somebody's gas, be nice with work, whatever you gotta do to be light. Why? Because our ultimate goal is to see them saved to get lost people saved, to get saved people pastored. Got to get them in the house. Not good enough just to go do a rally and count hands. Oh yeah, we got 35 people saved. Never see them again. No, we got to get them to the house of God. Got to get them pastored. And we got to get pastored people discipled. We got to disciple. This church is about to step into a a higher level. I believe God's given us the grace, the gifts, the wisdom, and the abilities to help begin to disciple like we've never done in 34 years. I believe it's time for us to go to another level. See, we ought to either be discipling someone or if we're not able to, we need to back up a little bit and let somebody disciple us. Because once you're discipled, you're discipled and you're ready to go. We need to get pastored people, disciple, and then we need to get discipled people mobilized. And I close this morning with this. We're not called just to come in here. Called to come in here, get our weapons sharpened, man, get our swords sharpened, get our, get our armor all brushed up and cleaned up, man, get our helmet of salvation right where it's supposed to be, shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, know without a shadow of a doubt that I live by faith and every devil of hell and every demon of hell that's shooting arrows at me will not be able to withstand, why? Because I got the shield of faith and then you take out the word of God and you begin to say with this word, with this sword, I'm gonna be about the Father's business and I'm going to go into the world this week where I've been called to go and I'm going to do the will of God. It's more than to build a house. It's more than to be a doctor. It's more than to be a retail owner. It is about giving your life to the kingdom of God. Why? Because there's a lost world out there that desperately needs Jesus. We need to disciple our children so they become disciples of Christ from the earliest age. 
Age has no, nothing to do with receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, being filled, praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in a heavenly language and preparing yourself to do. What has God called me to do? When your little babies are saying, Mommy, Daddy, what, what am I supposed to do? That you're gonna have the wisdom to know how to lead them into their neighborhoods, into their places where they play. Be sensitive and open. This morning during worship practice, one of the young men that was one of the sons of somebody on the stage, I was walking through the building and I saw this young eight, 10, nine, I don't, I don't know how old he is, 10 years old maybe, little guy sitting on the second row. The worship team is just worshiping, practicing. They're practicing. And this little boy was over there like this. And he was just worshiping God. Nobody's watching him. It's not, it's not church time. It's not worship. Son, we're just practicing. But he, he, was, he was worshiping God. And man, it, I just stopped in awe. He's been touched by God. He hadn't just grown up in church. You grow up in church, you're out there running the fool. But when you've been touched by God, <laughs> something happens. And his life is forever changed. We're called for such a time as this. We're living in troubling times and our world desperately needs the church to know how to trust God, to trust Father, and to do His will. Would you bow your heads for just a moment because I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for us as the church. I wanna just give a prayer of thanksgiving to say, Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for doing everything you've done for us in these 34 years. But that we're not satisfied with that. Today we start a new year, new day, new opportunity. And I'm asking God to do something significant in your life. This is the beginning of 35 for me. Maybe it's the beginning of 10 for you or five for you or three, or maybe today is the first day. Man, you're not left behind. Your calendar is not my calendar. God has a purpose and a plan for everyone sitting in this room watching online. He's got a plan for us. So Father, right now in the name above all names, the name of your son, Jesus. So grateful today for all that you've done in our lives. As you're sitting there, would you just lift your hands like you're receiving something? Just, just receive from the Lord this morning. Father, we just lift our hands before you. We're just saying thank you for loving us so much. We were lost, but you found us. We were blind, you gave us sight. We had hard hearts and you healed us. And you brought us to this wonderful place of salvation. We receive today the fullness of our salvation. Holy Spirit, we lift our hands right now and just welcome and receive you as well. Holy Spirit, we desperately need you. We cannot live for God without you. You've come to be our comforter, our helper, our teacher. Strengthen us. 
that we can pray through you, make intercession, and we're grateful today. Holy Spirit, we receive you. We bless you. And Father, we say thank you for loving us so much that you gave your son Jesus for us. Help us this day to begin a new day, a new week, a new month, a new year, a new season. Consume us with that which you have called us to be about and help us to be satisfied for nothing less than to fulfill the purpose and the plan that you have for our lives. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Would you remain with your heads bowed? Believers, would you pray for just a moment? If you're sitting in this room or watching online today or listening on a podcast today, Jesus is not Lord of your life. I'm gonna ask you just to be still for just a moment. Don't move around, don't leave. If you're sitting here today, you're watching online and Jesus is not Lord of your life. I know what your life is full of, emptiness and void. You've tried everything to fill that inside of you, but it can only be filled with the one who created you. And he gave his son Jesus to die for you so that you could come in to not just make it to heaven one day, that'll be great, but he's come to give you life and that life more abundantly here right now on this earth. He wants you, he's knocking at your heart's door. And with every head bowed and believers are praying, this is just between you, me and God. Be my joy today to lead you in a very simple prayer where you surrender your life to Jesus. If that's you today, you're in this room, you're watching online, I cannot see, call in, let us know. But today, that's you. You want Jesus to be Lord of your life. Would you just lift up your hand and hold it so I can see it and recognize, yes, sir, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, dear, God bless you. You can put it down. Yes, God bless you. Thank you. Once I've seen it, yes, God bless you. God bless you. You children, God bless you. Man, I thank God for every child that surrenders to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, ma'am, God bless you. Anyone else? You want to join these? Today is the day of salvation. Today is a day of new beginnings. Today is an opportunity for your life to begin to count right here and right now. Anyone else? Real quick. You want, you want me to pray with you and for you? All right, with everyone in this place repeating this prayer, those of you that raised your hand, pray this prayer out loud in faith and your eternity is about to be interrupted. You're about to know the love of the Father. Pray this prayer, follow me. Father God, in the name of your son Jesus, thank you for giving Jesus to me. Jesus, thank you for being willing to go to the cross and to die so that your blood would cleanse me from all my sins. Father, I got some sins and I bring them to the cross right now. I confess them. I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Jesus, I invite you, be my savior, be my Lord. I receive you and I'm choosing this day to follow after you all the rest of the days of my life. Father, I want my life to count. So thank you for forgiving me today, loving me today. Now help me 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to be discipled. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to be that that you've called me to be. So I step out in faith and I declare it so in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise this morning because he is worthy. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.